Welcome to the Ghosty Girls Podcast. I'm Jessica. I'm Anna. Hey, guys. Hey. We had so much fun recapping Angels in last week's episode. We got so much great feedback from listeners who were really excited to hear about our guardian angels, and they thought it was hilarious. That's awesome. But this week, we're going to take things in a different direction. A spookier direction. Here we go. But first, you know, let's address the elephant in the room. With COVID and this whole pandemic and quarantine situation we have going on, you know, the fate of Halloween is really what we're most concerned about. (laughs) I know. It's so sad. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if you heard about this, but I guess last week there was a statement that came out from Spirit Halloween stores saying that they would not be opening due to COVID. And it turns out that that statement, thank God, was fake because they issued a real statement this week that said, Dear Halloween fans, we heard your crush disheartened and downright sad. Well, don't worry. The rumors aren't true. We're back and we've got this covered. And then it had a guy in a full hazmat suit. (laughs) So it says that they're preparing for the best in-store experience and can't wait to welcome us back to their 1,400 locations popping up in August. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited. That is my favorite time of year. And I know as soon as Spirit opens, like, me and the kids will go and just walk through the store because it's just the nostalgia and it's Halloween and it's awesome. It just gives you all those like good vibes. Like, you know, the season of holidays is starting. So that's the first thing. It's like exciting. It's going to start to get cooler and you can hang out inside the house, which, you know, that used to be exciting, but now we're just sick of the fucking house. Let's be real. (laughs) but we go to spirit and walk around too and it was so funny last year they had all the pennywise animatronics out oh boy and so my youngest is he you know he wants to watch the movies but he's like terrified of them (laughs) and so he's like walking around and he's like mom look at this one and he goes to lean down to look at it and it hopped it popped out and poked him in the eye (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. In the eye. I mean, he was fine, but it was hilarious. Yeah, but that that was traumatic. I mean, he's never going to like it now. Well, you know, he's a glutton for punishment. He still wants to watch (laughs) the movies, and he still loves all the spooky stuff. But then after you let him watch the movies, he's, like, mad at you. Why did you guys let me watch that? Now I'm scared. (laughs) I love him. He's awesome. So the even more exciting news is that we've been preparing for a Halloween special. Woohoo! I'm excited. We're so excited. We've got some big ideas. So (laughs) we're going to try to make them happen. Yes. I... We don't want to spoil anything by jumping the gun and giving it all the way at once. There are big things happening. Just stay tuned. Yeah, we are going to do our best to make October and Halloween the best Halloween ever and the spookiest month because that's what we deserve. 
Let's be real. <laughs> We've earned this all year. Yes, we have. We have been through so much. We need to be in control of the spookiness. Yes, I, I will start decorating probably September. My kids always jump on me because I have all the decorations up way before Halloween. But I love it. I love the season. So I get started early. Your Halloween decorations are always on point. Like, I'm so proud of you. You take <laughs> Halloween to the next level. Your Halloween's like my Christmas, and I'm all about it. See, we that's why we go t- well together, because I love Christmas, but Halloween's my jam. I mean, my house is like a haunted house for two solid months. I love it. I mean, literally, your house is a haunted house, but then also <laughs> you decorate it like one. <laughs> It looks like a creepy haunted house, not just feels like one. (laughs) So we received a couple of questions um, on our Instagram. So I'm really excited to talk about those. The first question is, what is the downside of our spiritual gifts? Anna, what do you think is the downside? 100% a message that you can't deliver. So like, let's say you work with somebody and you're getting a message and you know that it's not going to let up and you have to talk to them, but you can't talk to them because at you're at work. Like, what if you're labeled crazy and then they fire you? I don't know. I just have these horrible things in my head that could go wrong. Or even like a family member that I can't just call up and say, hey, I have this message. You need to know it. And it's torture to have that spirit keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. You've got to write it out. And that's, for me, one of the worst things. I would have to agree. That was going to be my answer as well. Um, But also, I think there's like a second aspect to it. And it's when you're trying to determine whether or not you're going to to somebody that you know. And you start to question yourself. Yeah. Well, this thing that I'm getting, you know, we're not interpreters. Like we are literally, we are seeing, we are feeling, and we're only able to tell what we are given. I don't know what it means. And so what if this vision that I'm seeing or this word that I'm being given doesn't mean anything to them? And so that's when I start to second guess myself. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, never mind, I'm not going to say anything because I'm too afraid to be wrong. And that's my own pride, I guess, yeah. you know. It, no, it's true. I think that's exactly what it is, is, you know, you, you see images and maybe it's an image in your past that makes you feel a certain way and you're supposed to relay that feeling, but you're looking at it as, oh, I see a, a purple heart. I'm supposed to say something about a purple heart. When really that just makes me think of military and how I feel about that. Maybe that was the direction it was supposed to go. So it's, that's always hard. It is. And that's why it makes it really difficult. Like even when you see mediums on TV, you know, whether they're real or not, that's not for me to decide. But when they're giving messages and people are like, no, that doesn't mean anything to me. You can't always take things for face value. You've got to kind of like you said, look at how does that image make you feel? Maybe it's the feeling that you're supposed to be 
portraying. I don't know. I think the second part um, that is a downside um, is feeling everything, Um, just being overwhelmed. You know, there's times that I'll go home and I just feel like I'm going to yell or cry at a drop of a hat. And it's absolutely nothing my family has done. It's not even me. It's just that I've been around people all day and maybe their emotions were super high and it has just worn me down. Yeah. Even though your walls are up, you can't help but to pick up on some of that. And there's those days you just break down and that's, that's really hard as well. That happened to me yesterday. So I would agree. So the second question that we got is what is our favorite thing about doing this podcast? You go first this time because I don't want to steal your answer. (laughs) Okay. My favorite thing about doing this podcast has been connecting with an amazing community of people uh, in the paranormal and spiritual community, people that are just so supportive, people with other podcasts, people that are paranormal groups, you know, shouting us out or giving us advice or just saying, Hey, love the podcast, encouraging us, connecting with us, giving us advice on, you know, how to do certain things to make the podcast better. That has been so great. Just being a part of this amazing community and all these awesome people. I agree. And that kind of goes hand in hand with my answer. I think just being able to open up about the gift and not feeling judged or embarrassed and actually having people just kind of take you in and, and understand where you're coming from. I mean, my background, you couldn't talk about it. So to be able to come on here and just freely open up about who I am as a person and have people understand and get it that is like a sense of family to me that I've never had. That That is why I do this. I love being involved in sharing and helping. I agree. And, I, you know, I find it so funny because you and I kind of have a sick sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> and I notice that whenever we post something on our Instagram that is like really dark and creepy, <laughs> People love it. And I just feel like that's how you know you're surrounded by the right kind of people. Right? That's home. (laughs) Like if you can appreciate my weirdness, Mm -hmm. then you are my people. 100%. Absolutely agree. I love it. (sighs) Well, on that note, we're going to get started with the episode this week. We are talking about... A couple haunted locations and an urban legend. What I love about legends is that all of them have some shred of truth to them. And that's pretty creepy. Yes. Like I just, know. Just thinking about, yeah, the whole thing's not real, but it had to start somewhere from a true story somewhere. It may have gotten really muddied, but it started legit. So that's kind of creepy when you think about it. Yeah. And I love the fact that these stories can be passed down from generations. You can say, oh, I heard this scary story. And your grandmother can be like, I know that. I heard that when I was in high school. So it's just, they're so fun and spooky. And I just love it. 
Yeah, and it's amazing. It's kind of like the game telephone. It's fun to see how much it's changed from when your grandparents heard it or whatever. Like how many aspects of that story have grown or switched up. It's really cool. Exactly. So the first legend that we're going to be talking about is the legend of the white lady who is sometimes known as the white witch. Often there are similarities, especially in California, to the Mexican legend of La Llorona. Hopefully I'm saying that right because I am super white and I can try to roll my R's, but I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, So the white lady or the white witch is not to be confused with those stories. Those stories usually deal with weeping and water and the death of children. These are a little different. So There are several locations in California that are said to have the white lady or the white witch. In Bakersfield, California, um, it's in their Central Park. The Queen Mary in Long Beach is said to be haunted by the white lady. Uh, In Ojai, California, on Creek Road. There's a few in San Francisco. There's a couple in Santa Cruz, Santa Maria, Sonoma. But the one that we're going to talk about today is located in Niles Canyon, which is near Fremont, California. Have you ever driven through there before? It is an amazing drive. I, it is. It's beautiful and slow and curvy. It's, in, it's insane. I, if, if you ever get the chance to go out there and just take a drive, you guys got to go. It's amazing. It's one of my favorites. Have you guys ever taken the bikes out there? I'm a little nervous. People... People that are in a hurry drive crazy and the lanes are so narrow. Yeah. My husband has multiple times, but I'm still a little hesitant just because of the people. I think if we could go at a time where it wasn't so busy, um, I think I'd be more than willing to do it on the bike. Yeah. A beautiful drive. That would be cool. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I'm more of a car kind of girl, <laughs> but <laughs> freedom. Okay. So there are many different versions to the story, and it will either be a woman who was involved in a car accident, in a car, or a horse-drawn carriage, depending on the version of the story that you're hearing. Um, On Niles Canyon Road, while she was either on the way to prom or on the way to her own wedding. So in the legend, they say that the woman can be seen along Niles Canyon Road Um, And often along the railroad tracks, which we'll talk a little about that location later, um, that cross the Alameda Creek. So they say that she appears like a normal looking high school girl in a white prom dress and often is offered rides by people passing by. Once she accepts the ride, she gives the driver a destination, either to cross the Bay Bridge or the Dumbarton Bridge. And upon approaching the bridge, she will suddenly disappear out of the passenger seat. That's a pretty long ways to go. I know. You're thinking about from where Niles Canyon is to even the Bay Bridge. Like, that's a pretty long ride. Are you having a conversation with her? I know. I wondered that myself. So I heard this story when I was a kid um, for the first time. We had... uh, a guy that was, we called him Grandpa Jerry, although he was not my grandpa. Um, but he was awesome and had the best stories. 
And this was one of the stories that I remember him telling me when I was young was about the white witch. That's what he called her. And how he was coming back from somewhere in Niles Canyon, driving Niles Canyon towards home. And he pulled over because he saw someone on the side of the road. And so he stopped and then he said she disappeared. So he could have been pulling my leg. (laughs) He liked to make people laugh. He liked to scare people. He was very much like he had this booming laugh. Like he would just crack up, you know, but. So this is where you got it. Exactly. That's where I first heard it. And then, you know, my parents, of course, my parents knew the story. And then I heard the story later down the road that it was a girl. She was on her way to prom and got in a car accident. And so she's still trying to get to prom. And that's Mm -hmm. why she asks for a ride. And then she disappears. So. It's pretty creepy. Yeah, that would be cool just to drive out there a few times and just wait to see if you see anything. I know. That'd be cool. So one of the locations they were talking about where she's seen the most um, is also referred to as the secret sidewalk. And it's known as one of the most haunted places in the Bay Area. It was an exposed part of an aqueduct. And... If you see a picture of it, like, it's basically just looks like a sidewalk that's broken apart with a bunch of graffiti all over the top of it. Mm-hmm. But that is the location where people have claimed to see the White Witch manifest the most. I've never so, even heard of that. Really? Yeah. I'll have to, we'll have to go out there and take a trip. And just it must be an easy thing. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. So that is the location in Niles Canyon. I have never driven there at night. I've only driven there through the daytime. Yeah, me too. But I remember being afraid to drive through there at night when I was younger. Like I was scared I was going to see her. So is the legend that she only stops men or is it men and women? Because a lot of times when you hear about a female, you know, being on the side of the road and getting into a vehicle, she's usually preying on the men drivers, is that any part of this legend? It doesn't specify. Hmm. So she might get in the car with us. That would be so cool. We'd be recording. <laughs> we should totally go. Can we have you on our podcast, please? <laughs> Just record while we drive to the bridge. So would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> so there is a similar story uh, that takes place at Stowe Lake which is located inside Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. And this is one of the most famous ghosts in San Francisco. It is the spirit of a woman who was attempting to save her child that fell in the water, and she herself ended up drowning in the lake. Mm -hmm. So she is also referred to as the White Lady, which I really wish they'd give him another name because (laughs) the White Lady, like, I don't know like white lady like it just it's not sinister enough or maybe it is I don't know I just the feel lady like in black yeah. the lady with the dreads and the long flowy gown that has spider webs and yeah, exactly yeah. no I, I think 
Lady in White's creepy because you don't expect much, but then you hear the legend, and you're like, wait a minute, what? She rides all that way with you? Yeah, that's I guess that's twist. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, they say that she wanders to the edge of the lake and searches for her baby, and that visitors can summon her, and they say that near the Pioneer Women and Children statue around the lake, if you call out, white lady, white lady, I have your baby, three times, if she believes you, she'll appear before you and ask for her baby back. So, hmm. if you tell her you have her baby, they say she will haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> if you tell her you don't have her baby after summoning her, the legend says she'll drag you into the lake and give you the same watery death that she suffered. <laughs> I just want to say, PSA, do not go to a crowded park and scream, white lady, white lady, I have your baby. (laughs) Because I feel like if you do this, you're definitely going to get in trouble for it. Nobody's going to know you're talking to a ghost. And I'm sure that groups of people are going to be grabbing their children and running from you. You might be labeled as a pedophile. I'm just saying. (laughs) Police will be summoned. Yeah, just don't. Don't do that. <laughs> this this is not good. So what do you think about that? I think the, the that you have to summon her. Like, we've talked about this. You call on something, you don't know what's going to answer. So even as funny as it is to say, this is an urban legend, let's go try it. Like, you're summoning something to show itself. And I don't know big repercussions in that i agree why do you think that there's always legends about women and their children and death and water like that seems to be a very common theme i agree i've heard multiple stories of that and i think it's because you look as at a mother as compassionate and loving and just you know this caregiver and it's like the ultimate sin for a mother to kill her child and drowning obviously is one of the worst ways to go. So I think people, you know, sadly throw that story together because that is like the worst possible imaginable act. So I, I can imagine that that's why they do it. It's creepy. It's, it's fucked up to think about. Yeah, it is. So what's your stance on this? Would you want to go there and, and check it out? I think I would go there and let you call out. (laughs) Hell no. I'm not calling it out. First of all, I'm not a strong swimmer. (laughs) Okay. I was on the swim team. We'll be fine. Were you really? How do you not know this? Oh my goodness. What kind of friend? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, What if we had somebody record the call out that's supposed to happen and we just played it. So we're not calling out, but we could kind of see what happens. (laughs) I still feel like calling out white lady, white lady. I have your baby. is just, it's just like, it's almost can be taken as a threat. (laughs) Well, let's go at night when no one's there. Uh, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. We're used to the things that go bump in the night though. Come on. Yeah. I, okay. So, what if you see some white witch coming out the water 
I I know I can run faster than you, so I'm good. I was going to say, I can't run very fast. My lung capacity is not 100% these days. (laughs) Oh, it'll be fine. You'll meet Jesus. We're good. (laughs) That is not the way that I'm trying to go. I just want you to know that. I'm not going to be, yeah. Um, I would be down to give it a try. I would. I don't know if I call out, but I would be down to go check it out. Okay. Well, let's see how you feel about this next legend. Hmm. So this is called Gravity Hill. Now, this might sound familiar to people because there are a lot of places where they call Gravity Hill. There's some in Benicia, California, La Jolla, Livermore, Moreno Valley, Whittier, and actually quite a few others. I was surprised how many. But the particular spot we're going to talk about today has always stuck out to me. It's Gravity Hill in Antioch, California. And in high school, so many of us would talk about going there and like some people, some of my friends would, they would like go out drinking and go out there. I never did that because, well, I know this is hard to believe, but I was actually pretty good and my parents were pretty strict. So sure. You didn't say that because your mom listens to the podcast. I really did. I never went out there. That is the truth because I, if I tried to lie and go out there, I probably would have got caught. Probably. You're not a good liar. I'm not. No, your face gives it away. I mean, you could probably lie over the phone, but no, I can't. (laughs) I don't know what it is. (laughs) I'm just not a good liar. So I never went out there, but this is the story of Gravity Hill. They say in the 1950s, a group of children were on their way home from a field trip. It had been raining and the bus skidded off the road and plunged into like the drainage ditch. Yeah. And where it was full of water, obviously from the rain and the children drown again with the water. Yes. And children drowning. (laughs) I know. After the incident took place. They said the ghosts of the victims were forever bound to the lonely road, and their sole purpose was to help stranded motorists push their car over the hill, the same hill that had cost them their lives decades before. So ominous. Mm. So this is what they say to do. Pull to the bottom of the small hill where it's flat and place your car in park. Go outside, dust the rear of your car with flour, and check the area to make sure no one else is there. Get everyone back into the car and put it in neutral. Make sure the car is completely turned off and wait. After a few minutes, you should feel the car begin to move, and it will continue to move until you reach the top of the hill. Now, the reason they say to put flour on the back of your bumper is because they claim that when you get out of the car at the top of the hill, you will see handprints on your bumper. Okay, so why don't we just go tonight? Because this sounds awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm down. I honestly... My friends in high school, I remember specifically, there was a night, it was three of my girlfriends, and they went with these two guys and drove out there. 
and they had a terrifying experience really? where they swear that they saw a ghost and there was handprints and they did not even really want to talk about it when they got back to school on Monday. That's so, how you know it's legit when people I aren't like willing. It was legit. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone is curious on how to get to Gravity Hill and you're local, or even if you're not and you want to take a road trip, um, you exit Highway 4 at Lone Tree and turn onto Deer Valley Road and then follow Deer Valley, make a right onto Empire Mine Road. Um, you can take that and you're there. I am down. I hundred <laughs> percent. I'm. I'm willing. Let's well, go. I'm not even kidding. Just like, this would be awesome. Wait, because that's only half of the story. Close by Gravity Hill is another super spooky ass location that my friends also told us about, which they also said they went to, which is called the Gates of Hell, which of course is close to an abandoned slaughterhouse because why wouldn't it be? Right. right? Yeah. So this is the story that I always heard was that when the kids broke down on the bus, that they walked to the slaughterhouse to seek help, but that they were murdered. And that's why their ghosts haunt the road, trying to prevent the same fate from happening to those that are passing through. That's Mm -hmm. the version of the story that I always heard. Um, It's, pretty freaking sketchy and we'll post a picture of the gates of hell on instagram it really doesn't look like anything too scary but they say that if you cross it you will be cursed my son my oldest has actually went out there really yes the one that wants nothing to do with ghosts yeah he went i guess his friend the one with the ghost tattoo (laughs) yes (laughs) don't get me started so he goes out there with his friends and he told me about it but he wouldn't talk about what happened he said he'll never step foot out there again something had to have happened so i don't know what that is i would like to go out there to see if i could have some type of experience and maybe understand kind of what he dealt with but i think it'd be really cool to to go see if he if he felt something or seen something i know i have the same chance of what's yeah what scares me there and about this location specifically the gates of hell and the slaughterhouse is that people have said there have been satanic rituals done there yeah and so that scares me not because listen ghost whatever but when you're dealing with satanic rituals and summoning something evil like that yeah i'm not trying to fuck around with that yeah and i think it's all about intention if you're gonna go out there and your intention is not to interact with something that's dark and you just kind of want to see the site cool but if you're going out there in hopes to call out something and see what you can get it to do perform like a circus animal i think you're just asking for trouble I 100% agree. But also, I mean, I'm down to go after we're done recording, if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. So this next legend is one that I'm pretty sure everyone is familiar with because it doesn't matter where you are. 
This legend means you don't have to leave home to experience the spookiness, which is good news for us because we're quarantined to home. So everyone can be spooky and have an experience. So, you know, when you're young, most of us are afraid of the dark, right? Right. Because we're afraid something's going to come out and get us. We as kids think whatever, you know, goes bump in the night, like you said, is coming to kill us, basically. So this legend plays right into that. It's the legend of Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. There's fond memories there. (laughs) So for those of you who aren't aware, I don't know who isn't aware, but if there's any of you that aren't. Bloody Mary is a spirit that can be conjured by standing in front of a mirror, which usually this will take place in the bathroom, turning off the lights and saying her name a specific number of times. It can be anywhere from three to 13. So you stand and you say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And that's how we played it, at least. (laughs) So this is a pretty well-known legend, right? And You wonder, where did it start from? Because you know there's always a little bit of truth. Like you said, there's always something that starts these urban legends. Yeah, absolutely. Where did this come from? All right. According to Lucifer Ascending, the (laughs) occult and folklore and popular culture by Bill Ellis. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Go ahead. That's right. I'm citing my source. It's a book, (laughs) y'all. Historically, there is a divination ritual, and it encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backward, holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. As they gazed in the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull or the face of a grim reaper instead, indicating that they would die before they would have the chance to marry. So they think that that is kind of how the ritual of the dimly lit room or the candlelit room with the mirror and staring into the mirror. They think that that's probably how that part started. Okay. In the ritual as we know it today, Bloody Mary appears to individuals who invoke her name in front of a mirror in a dimly lit or candlelit room. In some tradition, the names must be repeated a specific number of times, like we talked about, and allegedly she'll appear as a corpse, a witch, or a ghost, which, I mean, that's given a lot of options here. (laughs) And sometimes she's seen covered in blood. The lore surrounding the ritual says that the participants may endure the apparition screaming at them, cursing at them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, or scratching their eyes out. Hmm. It is said that Mary was a witch who was executed a hundred years ago for playing the black arts or a woman of more modern times who died in a local car accident and whose face was hideously mutilated. So that's kind of the story people tell about where it came from. Okay. Hmm. I don't even know what I actually thought that Bloody Mary would do if she appeared. I think that I just thought she would kill you, but... I was honestly freaked out just by the thought of thinking I was going to see her. I think that that's kind of what I was going to say too, is that I think the fear leading up to it was like the rush you needed. And then once you did it and nothing happened, you're like, what? 
well, that was a lot of buildup. Yeah. But so, in the version I heard, you had to say her name and turn around three times. And then she would scratch you on your arm or your face. That's what I always grew up hearing. I remember hearing that too. There was a couple different ways I heard it. And the turning around one was definitely one of the versions that I heard also. Yeah. But I dug a little deeper and I found out where they believe the story of Bloody Mary actually stems from. Hmm. So there's one where, I mean, if you look up like, historically this is where they say it came from and then there was another potential person it could be based off of and the story was just too good so i had to, i have to tell you about both <laughs> okay so the first is from queen mary the first or mary tudor so she reigned for five years and during that time she had over 300 religious dissenters burned at the stake because she was Catholic, obviously, she was ruling a Protestant land. And so um, she had these people burned at the stake for heresy. She died in 1558 from the flu. They believe she might have also had uterine cancer. But this is Bloody Mary, they believe. And she was given that name because of the torture that she put these people through. That's crazy because my husband is a descendant of Bloody Mary, if that's the case. Really? Yes. My husband's grandmother did this whole lineage thing, which was impressive because she didn't have ancestry or anything like that. She combed through like documents galore and traced it all the way back to Bloody Mary. Wow. Yeah, my husband just reminds me every time he gets pissed, he's like, remember, I have Bloody Mary blood in my veins and I can get pissed if I want. <laughs> so you that's kind of scary. Yeah, right? Her her father, Henry VIII, he also executed 81 people that were Protestant because, you know, they wanted them to be Catholic or whatever. And apparently that was a the thing they did back then was burn people at the stake. That does not sound fun. No. No. So that's our first Bloody Mary hmm. option. Now, the second person where they think could have inspired the story of Bloody Mary is pretty friggin' interesting. And I'd never heard of her before. She's a Hungarian countess named Elizabeth Bathory. And from 1590 to 1610, she committed crimes with four collaborators they were accused of torturing and killing hundreds of young women and the highest number of victims that were cited during her trial was 650 wow she's in the guinness book of world records for being the most prolific female murderer oh my gosh can you just explain to me real quick why are we putting murderers in the guinness book of world records (laughs) that's unbelievable honestly like they're we're killing people this? like what if i said the cop like i killed someone and the cops come and wait a minute i'm just trying to get in the guinness book world records and break this record you just got to hang on for another you know 651 deaths like, exactly yeah why are you putting that shit in the book like if, if you want to put like 
the longest jump roper and whatever. Cool. But like prolific murderer? Why would you do that? You don't need to give these people goals. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So they think that one of the reasons that she's associated with the legend of Bloody Mary is because it's said that she would bathe in the blood of her victims. What? And there were more than 300 witnesses, I guess, that came to her trial when she was being tried for her crimes. She was found guilty and she was sentenced to house arrest in her what? castle. What? <laughs> That's Yes. It? Yes. Where she died four years later. So back in 1610, you could kill 650 people end up in the guinness book of world records and get house arrest and live in your fucking castle (laughs) oh my gosh i should have been born way back then because i have a list (laughs) i mean i don't even know 650 people (laughs) that is crazy to think about though just to think about you know what that equals today just the the minimal crime carries a pretty hefty sentence so like that's just insane like i'm sorry if you get caught with weed you're probably going to jail for five years but (laughs) this lady killed 650 people and they were like you could just chill at home in your castle but don't leave (laughs) no more killing bad girl i know i know i I could not believe that that's almost unbelievable it's ridiculous is what it is like how are we sure that that's an absolute truth well i mean it did I mean, happen a while ago that is that is just insane to think about i know hmm. i know so did you ever try bloody mary once uh how, probably how more than go? probably more than once but it was like the first time that it didn't happen it wasn't a big deal after that Nothing happened. And like I said, it was the hype, the buildup. You're like, your heart's racing and you're sweating and your palms are clammy because you just know she's going to come out and do something. And then when nothing happens, you're like, oh, you got to be kidding. Like, why would I do that again? It's stupid. Yeah. Why do you You think nothing happened, though? Like, do you think that you could summon something like that? Looking back, yeah, that was pretty damn terrifying to think about. (laughs) Like, knowing what I know now, I'm surprised something didn't pop its head out. I know. I I did it once that I can recall. And I remember this vividly because I was staying at my cousin's. We were having a sleepover. And we went into the bathroom. And she's like, we're going to try Bloody Mary. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Because <laughs> I was afraid. And she's like, okay, are you ready? And she shut the light off. And she, once she shut the light off, she opened the door, ran out and held the door so I couldn't get out of the bathroom. And then I was stuck in the bathroom after she'd already said Bloody Mary and, you know, the lights off. And I'm just like, open the door, crying. Oh, poor thing. You know why it didn't work, though? Why? You're supposed to be alone in doing it. Are you? Yes. I thought you could have friends with you. No, you have to do it alone. Oh, well, shit. (laughs) I'm glad it didn't work. (laughs) But in hindsight, I mean, I was, 
I was really pissed about her leaving me in there. And then she wouldn't open the door. Well, I was mad. I bet. She likes to do that kind of shit. But. <laughs> <laughs> so. Why don't we wrap this up with another round of. Would you rather? <laughs> you want me to sing it this time? Would you rather? I like that. that Maybe we gotta we gotta add some like background music for you. And oh my gosh! Maybe get a live band up in here. I'm down for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got for me? All right. Are you ready for this question? Probably not. I will admit. My boys helped me come up with it. I don't know if it's a good thing or you guys are going to think they're totally creepy. Now I'm really scared. (laughs) Because when you think about it, it is really pretty creepy. But here goes. Ready? Let's do it. Would you rather be abducted by an alien or a human? I'd rather be abducted by an alien. (laughs) Why? Wait, hold on. Let me answer that again. What is rather be abducted by an alien? <laughs> Why did you say alien? Um, hundred percent. Because I'll tell you why. Okay. I know humans. I am one. <laughs> and humans, they're fucked up. I am one. <laughs> they are fucked up. They do some fucked up shit. I've seen more true crime documentaries than <laughs> I can count. Um. I mean, I'm smart, but I don't know if I have the will to live inside somebody's basement for 30 years until somebody gets me out. And (laughs) no, thank you. Honestly, I think the aliens would probably like poke me, prod me. I wouldn't remember it. They might put some kind of chip in my body, but let's be real. They could have already done that to me already anyway. And I don't think I would even remember. I don't know. People who have been abducted, they, like, are terrorized by these things over and over and over, and nobody believes them. Well, I mean, I'm whatever. I would be fine if nobody believed me because, well, (laughs) people would believe me. The people that believe in aliens would believe me. But the people that don't believe wouldn't believe me. It's kind of the same thing as ghosts, right? That's true. That's true. My thought is they could might be able to, like, cure my medical problems with their, like, super <laughs> advanced treatments. So, you like, beam me up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What? So I'm flipping this around on you. What's your answer? Human. Really? Yeah, I am human. <laughs> I know what they would do. I'm I always, know. I'm always packing. So, fucker, you're <laughs> going down with me. <laughs> Try me. Like I know humans. Like I will fight until I'm dead. An alien? You don't know what the fuck they're gonna do to you. Like they, well, they, they could sed- kill me. But yeah, but probably not. They're probably gonna like sedate you, and you're gonna see and feel things, but you can't really move or scream. And that shit's gonna happen over and over and over. Nope, I'm good. Like we're gonna have to do an episode specifically on aliens because I have some theories. 
girl. I'll take human. We're doing it. We are doing it. I'll take human. Really? I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. And I have no doubt that, I mean, if I was abducted by a human, I... I've seen enough documentaries and shit to know the ways that I need to fight and how to get out. But I just think about the things that humans do to other humans. And it's like, nah, I, know. I know they are, they are the epitome of evil sometimes, but I think I'm pretty well prepared. I'm very vigilant when I'm out. I'm going to well, see them coming yeah. long before they realize I do. So Listen, you didn't answer, you did not phrase the question that way because I also am very vigilant and I don't fucking trust nobody. You see my ass in a parking lot, I'm giving you the fucking stink eye. Like, I fucking know you're up to no good. Bitch, why you looking at me? Put your kid in the car and quit staring. Like, you're looking at it that way in mothers? Yeah, I don't fucking trust nobody. That, that child could be her decoy. Oh she might, my gosh. You don't know what these people want. <laughs> so, oh my I mean, if you're phrasing it like that, I mean, yeah, maybe humans wouldn't be so bad. But I think I'm going to go with aliens because you never know. Like, they, they might beam me up. They might do a few things to me and then be like, we're good. We don't need her again. Or they keep you because you're one of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of them. I wish. I would be a lot smarter if I was, though. <laughs> Although I do sometimes feel like I don't belong. Ditto. That's not <laughs> alien. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank your boys for me. That was a good one. I thought it was quite creepy, yes. <laughs> oh, I almost wish I had a creepy comeback for you on that, but I don't. Mm. I don't have another question to ask. What? I don't. You're killing me. (laughs) I am excited, though, for the potential of doing a UFO episode and an alien episode because I got some tea for y'all. I know. I'm excited about that one. I have theories and I cannot wait. And we're going to have to bring a guest on because it's the only person I know personally that has experienced anything. What? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Hmm. That will be interesting. It will be. Let's do it. All right, everybody. That is our episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghosty Girls. Send us your ghosty encounters at podcast at ghostygirls.com. Until next week, take care, stay ghosty. And remember, there are no goodbyes for us. <laughs>